Hello and welcome to the podcast. You're listening to Be Uncluttered. I'm Tara Tuttle and with me is Rebecca Mazzino and together we are going to help you on your journey to a life free of clutter. Hi and welcome to this week's episode. This week we are talking meditation and it's not an episode on how to meditate. It's actually an episode on what to do if you you suck at it or you don't like it or you think it's too hard. So that's what we're going to be talking about today and giving you some a little bit of insight into another way to look at it perhaps. Yeah, and look, this idea kind of popped into my head recently when someone asked me if I practice meditation and I really wanted to say yes. <laughs> but then I thought, well, I can't. If you're talking traditional meditation and the image in your head that comes up when people say meditation or I meditate, I can't I can't say I do that. But I do other things that I feel come very close and that kind of sparked an idea in me that, um, that we should talk about it because I bet there's some of you out there listening as well that feel exactly the same. Yeah. And people say to me a lot, clients say to me, I can't meditate. I'm bad at meditating. And my reply is usually you, you can't be bad at meditating unless you're not doing it. Like just trying it is there's no there's no being good or bad at it once you're trying it. There's just practicing it. So if you are, you know, learning to play basketball and you are training and you are learning to to dribble, then you are dribbling and you are practicing and that doesn't mean that you're good at it or perfect at it or you get it right it just means that you're practicing and meditation is kind of the same thing you don't have to master it to gain some benefit from it Um, and that's why it's called a meditation practice well that's why I think it's called that (laughs) yeah and look even though it has been around for thousands of years I feel like the last I'm going to say five to ten Maybe it's longer than that. Maybe it's only been in my world in the last five to ten. But where I feel like it's become, there's been so much buzz about it in the public space and social media and why meditation is the key to success or the key to happiness or peace and joy or mental health or mental well-being. I feel like um, lots of celebrities seem to talk about it or endorse it or say it is something that they do regularly and authors and entrepreneurs. I feel like every podcast I listen to, someone says that that's part of their daily practice or their daily ritual is to meditate. Um, I know my yoga teacher used to talk about it a lot and yoga gurus generally, wellness professionals, I guess as well, tout it as the pathway to enlightenment or spiritual harmony or inner peace. I think there's a whole lot of different versions for saying similar things it's Mm. also a technique that therapists use a lot to help people manage symptoms of like anxiety depression sleep disorders even pain and the more I've heard about it recently is doctors um, and general practitioners surgeons that kind of thing say that the practice as well can be used to help lower blood pressure and cortisol levels caused by stress and increased neuroplasticity and immune system function like it's mm. it's like the miracle cure all fix the world kind of thing and it actually 
like science backs it now. So years ago, it was kind of a woo-woo thing and it was, you know, one of those things that people either believed in or they didn't, but there was no, if you were a more scientific judgmental kind of thinker, um, you know, that based on facts and evidence and all that kind of stuff, then there was really nothing about meditation that convinced you that it was all of these great things. But now the, the science backs it up and it's proven to actually assist with all of these things. So it really it is all it's cracked up to be, uh, and that's the thing. But it just we we kind of know it now. Um, but that still doesn't help some people because they still think they they can't do it. My first experience with meditation was one that I didn't know it was meditation, and it was about almost forty years ago. And I, when I was a kid, I used to have trouble sleeping, and. I think it started off when I I think it started from when I saw ET and I was on the same age as Drew Barrymore so I saw it when I was about a year, 6 6 years old maybe 7 and it scared the pants off me like mm-hmm. I just I mean ET is a sweetheart but I was terrified of ET It still scares the pants off me <laughs> <laughs> and I yeah it was it was okay at the start it was a bit funny but then when he was spoiler here laying in the river all white and pasty I was just that was that did me in so I had a lot of trouble sleeping and I would end up coming down to my parents room and laying on the end like taking my bedding down and sleeping at the end of their bed on the floor and I did this for months maybe even years and one time my aunt was in town and I was having trouble sleeping and they were keen for me to go to sleep because they wanted to party on obviously and so she sat with me and she ran me through a body scan so where you, you know, do the, I think it was, I think she did me like not to clench it, like so, okay, so tense your fingers, now tense your hand, now release, you know, that kind of thing. So it was this whole body scan. She put me through that and then she said I should go through that when I'm trying to go to sleep. And I didn't know it at the time um, but that was, yeah, my first experience with um, meditation. And so that was, you know, now I look back on it, I was like, oh, she was, she was onto something there. Mm. can't tell you if it actually worked or not probably didn't I didn't really take it seriously enough I don't think but I appreciated her spending the time and back in the day it was seen as a hippie practice or like a very alternative practice where now it's become so mainstream that you can be Mm. completely anti-hipster you could be I don't know corporate bigwig high profile Mm. life but will still meditate because it's shown to improve your um, resilience and your focus yeah. at work and all that kind of thing. Like, yeah, the elite athletes do it. Mm-hmm. Mm. So, I wanted us to explore meditation for those people that feel like they suck at it, and that mm. has kind of been me. Um, but more than just suck at it I want to tease it out like suck at the generalized version of it and because that's quite often the reason we fall down is we imagine the meditation is that space where you sit down in a quiet zone cross-legged eyes closed hands on your knees and take deep breaths for however or knows chant long. or yeah, vocalize or mantra or something like mm. that so I have personally tried to practice it that way 
And unless I am forced to do it, which sounds terrible, as in <laughs> if I'm if it's incorporated into a yoga class that I'm doing and I cannot escape, <laughs> I will quite happily sit there and do it. But I just, when I'm doing it on my own, I can't seem to turn the pra- that practice in that traditional sense into a regular habit. It's like, for me, I relate it to a, a green smoothie. Like I know it is good for me, but I just don't do it. Can't seem to turn it to a habit. Okay, but, so when you so you're when you say suck at it, do you mean suck at making it a regular thing or suck at doing it at the time? Both. Okay. Cool. So I'm not good at I'm not good at just sitting there in that space and um and you know, I know the the talks I've tried the guided versions where it, you know, it says let thoughts come and let thoughts go. Hmm. and breathe and all of that and I get so distracted or so caught up on something that then I analyze it too much that I'm not letting I'm let the thoughts come and then I get hooked on them and then I can't let them go and because I don't I I don't think I engage fully in it then I probably don't get the benefits and then I feel like well I'm not I'm not very good at that so I won't bother (laughs) trying Mm -hmm. to redo it you know so it's kind of uh, a vicious cycle of not doing it properly, not getting the benefits, so not committing more time to do it again. So what about you, Beck? Do you meditate in the traditional sense of meditation and do you do it often? Uh, no and no. or Yeah, no. <laughs> um, so I am really, again, I'm, I'm not pretty, I'm not that great with routine and with regards to meditation, if I, I just, I'm just really busy. And so the idea of sitting there and doing nothing, in inverted commas, for 10, 20, 30 minutes makes me anxious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so it's, that would sort of defeat the purpose. But I do do it regularly. Um, I do, my, my watch sometimes will remind me to do a breathing exercise. So I can do, I'll do five minutes of that breathing exercise. I will sort of just stop whatever I'm doing if it's, if it's a good time. I'll stop whatever I'm doing and I'll just do that breathing exercise. So I do do it and I do that, I do that fairly regularly, but I just do it where I'm sitting, whatever I'm in the middle of. Um, if I'm making the bed, I'll just sit on the bed and I'll just do it right or lay on the bed and I'll just do that breathing exercise. If I'm in the car, sometimes I'll even do it when I'm driving. But um, that's less, that's more just about breath control than meditation because I have to also drive. Um, But yeah, I'll do it. I'll do that. But yeah, I'm not a get up at 5.30 a.m., do a 10-minute meditation kind of person. It just, it has to be at a, I don't know, it has to be at the right time. And that right time changes for me all the time. So I kind of do it randomly. So that's what I rely on. And then some other methods that like we're kind of, similar to you that we're going to talk about a bit later. So I've spoken to a few people about this in the last couple of weeks um, while the idea has been percolating around in my little brain. And some of the people I've spoken to have said while they really enjoy the practice of meditating in the traditional sense and feel like they get a lot out of it, they find it hard to commit time to do it because they, if they're home, they feel like they can't sit down amongst the chaos 
and do Mm. it. It's like they need to be in a clean room or a tidy room or a quiet room and either there's too much going on and they can't find that space or they think they'll do it once the house is tidy or the room is tidy or whatever and they never get to that point. So it's like the thing at the bottom of the to-do list. So there's a few a few kind of barriers between them and the practice, even the people that are, air quotes, good at it. So Yeah, or really want to do it, yeah. Mm, so what we wanted to talk about more today is some ways that you might be able to get some of the benefits of meditation, even if you're not great at doing it in the traditional sense, because a lot of us, myself included, have these kind of ridiculous expectations or stories in our head that if we can't do it right or or what we think the version of right is, we don't bother doing it at all. Um, mm-hmm. But with an attitude like that, we miss out on all of the benefits. So we're going to go through, you know, what meditation is really defined as and then how we can get the benefits of it by doing a few other activities that kind of come close. So meditation is is basically a set of techniques that are intended to encourage a a heightened state of awareness and and focused attention. It is also designed to re, I guess it's rewire the brain a little bit um, and studies have have shown it to do this. sort of when you, if you can continue, if you can, If you can master the skill of focused attention or at least returning to focused attention when you are distracted during meditation practice, your brain actually begins to do that more when you're not actually actively practicing. So it has the benefit of uh, flowing on into your daily life and um, it it tends to uh, reduce distractedness and, and anxiety and all those kinds of things. Mm. So if you want to meditate in the traditional sense but have trouble committing the time um, or, or turning it into a habit, we've got a couple of little tips. The first one is to schedule it, like actually put it in the calendar. Ideally, it might be the same day, same time, same location because having those kind of things set, it becomes more routine are more habitual, um, but just by scheduling it, you don't. It's not the thing at the bottom of the to do list. It is something mm. you make time for, and even if you work out a space that is generally clean, <laughs> generally quiet, if they're the things you need, maybe you go and sit outside and do it. If that leaves whatever else is going on in your house or your office behind you, um, but scheduling it can can really help. Um, I'm just going to throw a different perspective in there mm-hmm. um, and also suggest that you don't need to escape in order to do the meditation, that the meditation becomes your escape. Ooh, I like that. So if there is like – you can meditate while you're sitting in the family room and there's television going and people running through and talking. You can still meditate. Like it's – there's going to be more distractions, but that actually is just more practice for your brain. And you can still do some of the activities, like you could do a breathing exercise or a body scan. Uh, you could do something like that with, you know, a whole lot of stuff going on around you if you have to. I mean, obviously, people are a bit more comfortable when there's no one tapping them on the shoulder saying, Mom, 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 
Mum? Can I have a snack? Mum? <laughs> yeah. If you have to get up and do something, if you're going to be interrupted to that extent, then, yeah, you won't be able to. But if, someone else, if you're just watching TV and during the ad break you want to do a little breathing exercise, then go for it. Yeah. No one else like around that, you even needs to know you're doing it. I feel like that would be an intermediate level. <laughs> like a beginner, a beginner trying to start meditating with that, oh, maybe they're just. This is why you think you suck at it because because <laughs> I've place... got to do it right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Because you're like, that's not right. Like, I need to be good at it in order to do that. No, you don't. You just bloody do it. <laughs> yeah, that is true. You've just slapped mm. me down, and I think I needed it. <laughs> um, another way that you can do it in the traditional sense, if you want to, um, if you're struggling with it is do some guided meditation. So there's heaps of apps out there. There's things on YouTube and Spotify, all sorts of playlists and stuff. And someone talks you through it. And this is the practices I started, I did with this because I was like kind of thinking, sitting there with my eyes shut going, okay, what am I supposed to be doing? So mm-hmm. having someone remind me to breathe mm-hmm. and tell me how deeply to breathe and what to think about, or not even think about, but to let a thought come and let a thought go and notice the breeze on my face or notice, you know, whatever it is, um, it kind of would focus me. So the guided ones can can help keep you focused. And I think as well, I, would, I was more inclined to stay put and sit for a, a defined length of time rather than when I was on my own, I'd, I'd, I'd look up one that I thought, you know, here's a 15-minute guided meditation. That's perfect. Mm. I've got the time for that. Sit down. And then I would see it through until they were like, and go on with your day, you know. <laughs> and then I'd be like, okay, done, tick, off I go. <laughs> <Tick>. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you just, uh, um, so I, I agree with guided meditations and also start with short ones. If you can find a one-minute guided meditation, do that. Like just start with something. Usually short ones are breathing based. So they'll just count, get you to sort of count your breath and, um, and just focus on your breathing and, and the, the feeling of the air going through your nose and down into your lungs and all that kind of stuff. So you can do a really short one if you want to. And if you're in, if you're a bit like me and you kind of a bit fidgety and don't, really like sort of think, oh, I haven't got time to do 15 minutes or whatever, then one minute, surely you can do one minute. And it just gets you sort of thinking about, you know, how you might be able to maybe do one minute more frequently and then increase to five minutes. And even if you never get above five minutes, you're still going to get more benefit than you would if you did, if you did no minutes. Yeah, absolutely. The last point I'd make about if you're trying to do it in the traditional sense but are having trouble committing to it is consider attending classes or doing doing it with friends because quite often when there is someone else around or involved, we're a bit more devoted yeah, and definitely. tend to engage with it more. And that's why I, I used to be fine at it and what I would define as successful at meditating when I would do it in my yoga class because it was like mm. I'm here, I've committed the time, there's nowhere else I have to be. And no distractions and, I don't know, it was like a forced limitation, so I was good. But then trying to enforce that on myself at home 
bum bum. Didn't work. Mm. No. So I think we want to, or I want to break down this myth that there's there's only one right way to practice meditation, even though that's what I've clearly been hung up on <laughs> for so long. So yes, you can sit on the floor. Yes, it could be quiet with your eyes closed, chanting or not, or just being still, focusing on your breath, letting your thoughts come and go. Absolutely, that is a great way. But if you can't do that or don't want to do that or want to find a different version, we're going to give you permission to break the rules and mm-hmm. forget about the restrictions of the traditional method and try a few different things. So we're going to run through a bit of a list back, aren't we? A few suggestions mm-hmm. of other ways that you can get the benefits without doing it traditionally. And I think that people who are listening who have always said, I don't meditate because I'm bad at it, I think they will actually realise that they do meditate and they have done it before. And so when we talk about these examples, there will be times uh, there will be those that people think, hey, I do that. <laughs> um, and so you can congratulate yourself that you do have a way to meditate because you have done it before. Yeah, look, one of the first things that came to mind when I was trying to think of of what activities are quite meditative in their their practice without being considered meditation in the traditional sense the first one that came to mind was being slow in and around or near water because there's something so therapeutic about water so it didn't even matter I was thinking about activities I've done like stand up paddle boarding now that might sound like exercise but actually when you're in this beautiful serene place and you know you're you feel like you're just engaging with the water there's nature around you it's so meditative mm. I, I can't and stop also, saying that word and also because with with things like stand up paddleboarding that's something where you actually have to be you have to pay attention i mean unless you're extremely good at it you have to pay attention to the way you're standing where your feet are um, in order to balance correctly and so it does kind of push out intrusive thoughts to a large degree. You'll find yourself, you know, maybe thinking about, you know, what happened earlier in the day or what you're going to do tomorrow or worrying about a problem. But you'll actually find that there'll be moments in there where you do forget all of those problems because you're just in the moment. And that's what meditation is. Yeah, that mindfulness that comes to the situation. So you can get that surfing or swimming kayaking even just sitting or walking along a beach or Mm. near you know the how calming it is just to have the noise of a trickling stream or even like Mm. a water feature in the backyard Um, there's something about water I feel like you know go and lay down in a bath and just turn I think one of the the key things is turning the noise off you know like yeah turn the podcast off turn the music off don't turn us off until you finish the episode. But <laughs> once we but finish yeah. talking, yeah, then, you know, water has that then ability then, to, to calm us. So I think, yeah, yeah, being fully present and in that moment is like yeah. meditation. 
And it gives you something as well to focus on that aren't all of those busy thoughts. So when you say turn off the noise, you know, we're also talking about turning off the noise in your head mm. and the, the worrying about the future and the um, ruminating over the past and all of those things that make us miserable. When we're in the moment, there is nothing there to make us miserable, you know, unless you've, there's, you're next to a creek with lots of mosquitoes or something. But there is something you can focus on. You can sit there and you can really focus on the trickling sound you can look and really focus on the way the light moves on the top of the water. You can focus on the frequency of the waves and you know, all of those kinds of things. And, and so when you kind of focus on that, everything else disappears and, and you do end up being right there in the moment. So if, you, if this is something that does normally calm you, the next time you are doing something near or around water, just find something to um, to get the most of your attention. So if you're paddleboarding, most of your attention is going to be on standing up and moving. And so then think about your muscles, think about the weight of your feet on the board and and the pressure on your the soles of your feet and how you're balanced and where that b- pressure is balanced and um, how your, your skin feels if there's a breeze on your skin, those kinds of things. Focus on all of those and it becomes a meditation um, quite quickly. Mm. Another one or pair of um, activities I came up with was Tai Chi and yoga. So Tai Chi, I mm-hmm. think, is being described as movement meditation anyway. And I think yoga is pretty similar. I mean, they're all kind of linked. But if you feel like you can't sit down and be quiet and meditate that way, maybe doing something that's really gentle movement like Tai Chi or a mm-hmm. gentle yoga class it might be easier for you to commit to because it feels like you're exercising, but because it's gentle, you've got that benefit of presence and mindfulness mm. and slowing down um, mm. and all that kind of and, thing. And specifically with Tai Chi, you do have to focus very strongly on your movements because they are quite specific and you know you do have to do them a certain way and so again you've got that element of focus and being in the moment with with that too and yoga Mm -hmm. Mm. another one I came up with which I can only imagine (laughs) is um playing music I am clearly not a musician why do you have I, I can oh, appre- do you I mean can, play it? Uh, when you say oh, play music, I thought you meant like turn it on. Oh, no. I can <laughs> do you ap- mean perform it? Yeah. Yes, yeah. I have no okay. musical bones in my body. <laughs> but if you've got the skill to make music, um, mm-hmm. I can only imagine that that would be quite similar in terms of consuming yeah. but in a really beautiful, gentle way. And yeah, and if, the focus is there. Yeah. yeah, if not, just turning music on and – Probably I would suggest music that's maybe free from lyrics because I feel like quite often lyrics can lead our thoughts and attention to specific places or Mm -hmm. scenarios. So often um, music that's free from lyrics can be more meditative. Um, Yep. And even ones with repetitive sounds or rhythms. And I guess you could even do, you know, even someone like me could beat a drum or something, you know, really simple like that, which might become quite soothing and calming and mindful in a way as well. Yeah, for sure. Um, Going for a walk or a hike is another great way to meditate um, because there's 
it's not overly complicated. You're just moving. Um, you're not doing anything that requires a great deal of your attention. And so what you can do is, again, you can focus your attention on your surroundings or on your body or both. You can listen to the sounds of your just of the sounds of your feet or you can listen to the birds or you know all of the other things that all the noises that that are around you and you can then again be mindful and in the moment and that is essentially meditating we talked back in august last year about forest bathing or forest bathing i can't remember what we bathing (laughs) bathing um uh, yeah, and how that connection with um, nature, being completely immersed and having all your senses engaged is is a way for you to calm and, and get some of the benefits of meditation without actually doing it. So I will, I'll pop a link in the show notes back to that episode if that sounds like mm. something um, yeah. that you might want to try. Another thing that I've found that is meditative for me is rock climbing. And it's it's a real it is a meditation because I I mean in between I chat with my friend we just chat a million miles an hour and so like as we're like half from from halfway down to almost up it's constant chatter but when we're on the wall or if she's on the wall and I'm um what's the word belaying, belaying I think yeah belaying. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, there's sort of when, when you're belaying, you can sort of get distracted and your mind wanders um, until they kind of shout at you that you're not paying attention. <laughs> but when you're on the wall, like it's – and I do indoor rock climbing, so I'm a bit of a wuss, so all the outdoor rock climbers can just roll their eyes at me. But when I'm on the wall, all like all you can think about is your muscles basically and your body. You, you don't get a chance to worry about anything because you're so intent on hanging on and either not – letting go of the grip that you have or finding the next grip that you need or working out whether to move a foot or an arm, you know, all that kind of stuff. There's a lot of strategy involved and you're just thinking the whole time and it's this right in the moment, can't think of anything else because if I don't find something else to grip onto um, before my hand slips, then I'm going to fall. So it's that really focused meditative attention that I find, yeah, I get meditative. <laughs> yeah, and I think I think that's really it. It's it's the fact that we almost get a respite from all the other noise and chaos and stories that go around in our head and past and future because we have to be some of these activities you have to be focused. Mm. And it shuts out all that other stuff where instead of um being so well practiced or um What's the word? Zen. Yeah, I don't know. Um, disciplined maybe to, to oh, yeah. keep unwanted thoughts out or let the thoughts come oh, yeah. and let the thoughts go. If if you're so entrenched in something or it's consuming enough in a, in a really positive way, um, it gives you that feeling when you're done. It's like there's, you know, almost like a feeling of euphoria because you've given your brain a break from all this mm-hmm. other rubbish yeah. that's going on um, yeah and if if you are you know like you and you find it hard to quiet the mind or if you're like me and you find it hard to dedicate the time then doing something you already do that already takes a lot of your attention 
is the perfect way to at least start meditating, you know, mm. because it does the work for you. The activity does the work for you. So a few, Anyway, we've got more, haven't we? Yeah, a few more of those activities. Um, colouring, the mindfulness colouring, that's quite popular with people. And, again, mm-hmm. avoid having noise on in the background and distractions while you're doing it um, to really get the most out of it. Creating, again, this is one that I don't really – do myself but I can only imagine that people that paint or sculpt any of those kind of practices that you get really peacefully gently lost in and consumed by would be quite meditative for people yeah and I do both of those things so I would agree that you definitely do Uh, you also want to throw it across the room um, so it's not (laughs) always peaceful (laughs) so creating can be very stressful but if, at, while you're, yeah, there, there are definitely those times where you're completely absorbed in the moment and, you know, there's nothing else going on in your head except what, what it is that you're doing. Yeah, and it's funny, I wouldn't have said I'm creative at all, but listening to you say that makes me think about cooking and how absorbed yeah. I get. And it's not something yeah, yeah. that I had put on my list, but I was thinking about yesterday, I was just in the zone and just wanted to make something and got so creative and focused with whatever that again it was lovely and quiet and I was on my own and I just put everything else out of my head and got busy in the kitchen Mm. and it was lovely there you go one of the things that yeah that did make my list was dancing and moving and um the kind of music which you can get get yourself a bit lost within um and I guess it depends uh on on you whether you're a dance with a partner person or on your own whether it's gentle whether it's like 80s rock that that gets you in the zone and you just uh jive around to that but for some people that can be almost like a real therapeutic release as well definitely yeah it's not something that i i I don't really relate to that so much but i can definitely see how you would Mm. so the next one on my list is um cycling and this is kind of what started the conversation initially when I said to someone that I when they asked me if I meditate and I said no not in the traditional sense and I said but when I go for a ride it I feel like I'm meditating because it's one of the only times I don't have noise in my head and that's partly Mm. no that's entirely my own responsibility because I walk a lot but I always have an audiobook or a podcast going um a lot of the time when I'm at home and things are quiet, I have music on or whatever else. But when I go for a bike ride, I have no noise. And especially here uh, in the US, there are the most amazing green trails that are always so quiet and you feel like you're a million miles from everywhere. And I get so lost in the sounds and the whooshing of the wind and like sometimes it's hard sometimes it's easy but my mind wanders and comes back and goes all over and I get back and I feel like I could conquer the world and I'm like I and so this is what I was saying this is where it started when I said to someone I feel like I meditate when I go for a bike ride that's my Mm. meditation um I would say you do yeah sounds like you do so my husband when I was talking to him about this the other day said he finds a similar thing when he plays golf on his own 
And he said the actual hitting of the ball is not exactly meditative and sometimes mm. is massively frustrating, but he said the walk between mm. hitting the ball and getting and finding your ball or, you know, from hole to hole, he said when he's on his own, he said it's like the most lovely, peaceful thing. And he said it also can obviously be a really social thing when you do it with others, as can most of these things. If you're, mm. you know, painting in a group, it's not going to be meditative, but... Um, when you're doing it on your own, it could be, and so, um, oh yeah, I think I think it's can could be different for everyone. What kind of works for them? Mm, for sure, and I think it just I think people who listen to this might actually, like I said, go, oh hey, hang on, I do that already, and so all they need to do is just pay attention to the fact that they are doing it and that they are possibly meditating and that they are actually okay at it <laughs> then they will find a lot of different opportunities to to sort of but I think recognizing that you actually already undertake meditative experiences and activities will help people then maybe do a little bit more of that yeah definitely um I was thinking when you mentioned oh, I can't remember what it was that you were mentioned but um you but this is not on our list but I wanted to add it watching animals so, like watching fish in a fish tank, mm. or just a pet um, birds. I've got a friend who's got a few new birds, and she and I we were talking out the front once, and we were standing there. And we were first talking about the birds, and then we both found ourselves just staring at the birds, not talking. And then I don't know how many minutes it was, and then we looked at each other and laughed because we're like, okay, I think we need to go and actually do some work. <laughs> because, but and she said you could look at them all day, and I said, ah, oh, absolutely. Mm. And so you can just, you know, watching watching birds, watching, you know, sometimes I'll just sit and watch the rabbit outside and all she's doing is eating the lawn. She's not actually doing anything interesting, but I just sort of get lost in watching her uh, as well. So I think, and most people will say that staring at a fish tank is is very calming. So mm. that can be a meditative experience as well. Sorry, a meditative experience as well because you are focused on watching them and and your mind isn't really, you know, very busy while you do it. Mm. And the last one that I had written down was gardening and mm, something sure. about getting your hands in the earth and the smells and all of that. But I think you have to approach it in a certain way. So, you know, gardening can be very task-oriented and... Um, if you're trying to achieve a lot and you've got time frames on it and all of that, you probably lose some of the elements of oh, yeah. the slow, it's relaxing. More, yeah, it's more, I guess it's more a meditation activity when you're pottering more yeah. than when you're actively gardening and, you know, like you said, trying to achieve certain tasks. Whereas if you're pottering and you're just poking your way through the garden or you just – I sit in front of – I've got three big pots of succulents and I just sit in front of those pots of succulents and I just look at them and I poke through them and I see which ones are growing, which ones aren't and and see like I look for pests as well. That's really meditative as well is looking for big fat green grubs on my basil. That's mm -hmm. another thing that can be, you know, a real meditative experience as well. Um, so, yeah, I think, yeah, like you said, if you're, if you're actively trying to achieve something, it's less so – but pottering, which is another thing that we quite frequently do, is um, really does tick the boxes. Yeah, so going back to the aim, I guess, of meditation um, that we discussed earlier, the, the idea of it is to heighten your attention or your awareness in the moment 
and of yourself while being free of those the judging that you do of your own thoughts as they happen so it's all about you know letting the thoughts come and letting the thoughts go and being um attentive and engaged with with yourself I guess and while the purists I'm pretty sure would say most of the forms above are more about mindfulness maybe and don't Mm. possibly qualify as proper meditation I'm not going to argue with them but like we said recognizing the brilliance of some of these activities we already do um and and making them more ritualistic is sure going to be better than doing nothing. Um, and mm. who cares about the rules? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know? It's not like you're doing any damage. <laughs> no, that's right. Um, yeah. yeah, it's not going to do you any harm. But I, I think being able to maybe identify what one of the things we've talked about or maybe something else that we haven't that you can think of Um, And realising that it does have meditative qualities for you so that you can enjoy it, maybe celebrate it, maybe make a special place for that, for you to do more of that. If, If for you it's gardening, then maybe gardening shouldn't be a guilty pleasure. Maybe gardening should be something that you actively engage in more often because it's like meditating once a day, you know, if you do gardening for 10 minutes a day rather than scheduling it all for Sunday you know maybe it's something that you can change your habits around if you recognize it as part of your your meditation practice yeah and it can also make some activities more enjoyable so one example that a lot of people who are encouraging meditation give is washing dishes you know the feeling of the water on your hands, um, the feeling of the the temperature of the water and the sounds and all of that kind of stuff. You can really focus on all of that and turn washing the dishes into a meditation. Um, I do it with folding. So I used to fold in front of the television and then I would fold in front of a tablet that sat on my bed playing something on, like on, um, yeah, on the video. But now I just do it with nothing, with no other distraction, I just fold. And I, it is a meditation for me because I focus on, you know, getting each element, each type of clothing has a particular way of being folded. And so there is a little process there and there's just certain things that I do with my hands and with the way I position them and all of that kind of stuff that becomes a really focused activity. So, you know, so an activity that, you know, we've talked a lot about activities that you would enjoy, like I obviously do like rock climbing and painting and, and sculpting. But, and so that's easy for me to, to meditate while I do that. But you can also turn tasks that you don't like into something you do by making it um, med- more meditative. So in summary, meditation is pretty bloody wonderful. Um, So if you are one of those people who have thought that you probably, you don't do meditation because you suck at it or you're no good in the traditional sense um, of making it work for you, then take one of the methods we've suggested or come up with one of your own and find something that suits you and your personality and your habits And you can start getting all of those good benefits from it. And I'm sure there is a bundle of things that we haven't 
mentioned here. So we would love you to come and join us in our Facebook community and tell us what activities you do, which you think could qualify as meditation. And you might have some good suggestions um, that other people might jump on as well. We'd love to hear about them. So please come and join us there to share that. And we will be back with you again next week. Thanks for joining us. We'd love it if you'd leave a review or tell all your friends about us so that they too can be uncluttered. If you'd like to connect with us, you can find us at beuncluttered.com.au or on social media or on our own websites at clearspace.net.au and basklifecoaching.com.au.